cliffcentral.com. Let's bring Dr. Mark in at this point because he's always telling us about nutrition and how important that is and, you know, particularly protein and how if you want a healthy body and you want to feed your, your system properly, you need to eat the right foods. And today we'll talk a bit about sleeping. But Dr. Mark, have you noticed how they're ripping us off with uh, products in the shops these days? How, how things have got smaller, prices have stayed the same, all gone up? You know, but it's any man's worst fear things are getting smaller. So yeah, Michael, uh, um, Gareth, it's, this is this is weird. And you know, it, it's something that's happening all over the world. Um, we, we are being screwed whether we like it or not. Nobody likes being screwed. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean, I don't mean it. Okay, so let's talk about sleep. Let's just talk for a about second. sleep. Oh, well, so you know what, Michael, very, why are you calling me Michael? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just woke up. So like you, I'm still not awake no. completely. Um, I promise you, I'm not Michael. I put my show, My name is on the on the, the show. There you can yeah, see it but, right there. You know what, I, I, I've done anatomy in Braille, so my reading has gone bad. Um, <laughs> I've decided <laughs> to talk about sleep because it's something in my practice that's pervasive. 80% of my patients, when I ask them this question, when you wake up in the morning, are you refreshed? Answers, no. And the second question when I ask them is, do you snore? And the majority of them say yes. Now, I've asked Dr. Alison Benke, she's a sleep specialist, to join me on, on our show this morning to talk specifically about what sleep is and why it's so incredibly important for us not to only get enough sleep, but to get good quality of sleep. But Doc, uh, so we had Dr. Alison Bentley on a while ago on, on the show, and I'm, I'm pleased that she'll be speaking to an expert with you there in the room. And I think when you, when you mentioned snoring, you're hinting at sleep apnea, right? And that's a major problem for a lot of men. And and snoring, of course, is is a terrible thing. And I know someone whose husband died. He he died during the night what? because he couldn't breathe properly. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I, I I think people think only about sleep apnea, and that's where you stop breathing for a certain amount of time um, during each hour. Uh, yes, it's. It's bad. Uh, sleep apnea is associated with an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, of diabetes, of cancer, cognitive decline, kidney function and kidney failure. But people really don't understand that we have different types of obstructed breathing during sleep. In my practice, I ask the patients, what happens if I choke you? You know what? You will pass out. Um, eventually, you will die. But that passing out first is something that we forget. Your people, uh, most of us don't know that breathing is an autonomic reaction. It doesn't involve the brain. So during sleep, when brain activity starts slowing down, your spine is responsible for breathing. It happens automatically. But if your saturation, the amount of oxygen in your blood 
starts dropping because you're not breathing properly or because I'm choking you, the brain mm -hmm. needs to start taking over so that you can gasp. So you start disturbing your, your sleep cycles. Now, there's two distinct cycles of sleep or stages of sleep. You have um, non-REM sleep and REM sleep, and each one of them is associated with a specific, specific thing that happens during sleep. We make memories, we learn, we purge information, all during different stages of sleep. So if those cycles are disturbed, it has an effect on brain function. Our immune system, which recuperates and regenerates and is activated while you sleep, starts declining. Your emotional state, when it comes to depression and anxiety, um, starts activating. Uh, this increases it. Um, so many of us at the moment battle to manage stress. And the cornerstone of managing stress is getting good sleep. So this is, this is not just the emotional and the fatigue side. It's, it's also the detrimental effect on every single system in the body, specifically the cardiovascular system, the kidneys, and then your immune system. So, and what's your view on medicated sleep? You know, so taking, uh, you know, suppressants so that you can sleep. You know what, to me, as, as someone that's been battling with insomnia since childhood, um, I'm, I'm absolutely an advocate for sleeping aids, whether it's a sleeping tablet, whether it's medical grade CBD, and I, I, you know, I do call it medical grade CBD, I'm not calling it kitchen cannabis, um, for one simple reason. If I can't sleep, I cannot function. And the amount of anxiety that I personally have developed over the years of not being able to sleep is debilitating. Um, I have been taking the same sleeping tablet for the past 28 years, the same dose, and that makes me sleep well. Um, so that I can function every day. Um, a lot of practitioners wouldn't or, or do not like to give uh, sleep aids in the form of sedatives or um, any kind of sleeping tablet. But, you know, but I think a lot of them are people that has never battled with sleep. Medication is indicated and it's effective if you use it correctly for the correct indication, um, people who become um, addicted to sleeping tablets use it for other stuff. You know, they're using it during the day to, to change their moods and to change um, emotion. And that's, that's where the problem comes in. Mm. And, and how, how long is a decent night's sleep? So, on average, for adults, seven to nine hours for the most of us. Wait, it's what? very interesting. 
seven to nine hours. Yeah. How many of us get seven to nine hours sleep? That's actually how much we need. So many of us think that we can manage with five hours of sleep. Um, it's, It's really not enough. Now, the very interesting thing is that women actually need more sleep than men. I'm not going to tell you why, because um, you know what? Every single man will man will refute this. Because um, women men are exhausting. Need more of their brain, so they need more sleep. It's actually been proven. So you know, if you ask any guy, he's going to deny that. Just hang on. Most women men use more. So you know, I think they have less brains. Men men use more of their brain, so they need more sleep. Women need to use oh. more of their brain because apparently they multitask. As I said, again, any man would say, don't believe that. Um, Doc, I mean, for me, that would mean I, I would have to go to sleep at some unbelievably early hour, which I can never do. Exactly. Uh, this is the problem. What about... So what about if you split your sleep yeah, up? Broken. Let's say you sleep, Perfect. Let's say you sleep for you sleep for five hours um, at night, and then you 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 force yourself to have like an hour's nap during the day. Does that help you? Absolutely brilliant. the The trend now in Europe specifically is to create environments for people to have uh, a quick nap somewhere during the course of the day, somewhere between 20 to 40 minutes. And when when you start doing that and you've trained your body, but it takes training. It's not not about, oh, I'm I'm, I'm going to lie down and sleep and then wake up. You, You literally, there's a set time every day where you go into a space that's set up for good sleep. In other words, it's a dark, quiet, cool room, and you, you get on the bed, you sleep for 30 minutes, the alarm goes off, you get up and you carry on with your day. It takes training to get that routine going, but once you have that routine, the benefits of it is far-reaching, um, especially on productivity and on mood. Yeah. You mentioned... Sorry, sorry, Pums, you mentioned... A a nap during the day is amazing. It's always amazing. If you can find a quiet space and the 30 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, But you mentioned also, you mentioned cool. So do we sleep better when the temperature is slightly lower? Oh, absolutely. But the ideal temperature for a bedroom is somewhere between 16 and 20 degrees, more, more closer to about 18 Okay. That's, that's wow. why most of us sleep so badly in summer. Most of us who don't have um, access to air conditioning sleep so badly in winter. The in body summer. needs to mm. cool down itself. Um, when mm. you sleep, a lot of your physiological processes slow down. They don't stop, but they slow down. So it allows us to drop our core temperature a little bit. And if you can help that with the environment, um, often sleep problems is related to not only sleep hygiene, but sleep routine. So I force my patients who sleep badly to, yeah, yeah, cell phones. I force my patients to do 
the same thing every night. And I tell them, you know what, whether you're doing this at seven o'clock on a cold winter's night or four o'clock in the morning after a, a massive party, you do the same thing. Um, if your routine is that you go and shower, you brush your teeth, you find the cat, you throw it out, you take your tablets, you get into bed, you read your book, uh, you, you sleep, you signal the brain that I'm, sleep is coming. What, what a lot of people tend to do is they work too late and or they exercise too late. And you know, then you have a lot of endorphins. You've given the brain new information that it has to process, and you know you can't go to sleep. Most people have either a TV or a iPad or a laptop or a phone somewhere with them in the room, and that's yeah. just an absolute no-no. You know, um, it's not only about the blue light that you keep on stimulating. Blue light, mm -hmm. by the way, stimulates cortisol, which is what we see right. first thing in the morning. Um, when the sun comes up, that light that is there is what starts spiking our cortisol levels to wake us up. Um, we need dark red light to trigger melanin um, and melatonin. Right. And melatonin is what actually puts us to sleep. So by creating sleep disturbances, you create um, dysfunction and uh, imbalance in your hormone cascades. Everyone follows on another one. We've spoken about it on, on my show at length about how we um, create our own hormone imbalances, which will lead then to the sexual dysfunction, the weight gain, uh, the yep. diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. It's a big problem. This, this, this not sleeping properly. And and then you did mention earlier that, you know, snoring affects the the, the man who snores. Sometimes it women snore everybody. as well. It affects everybody. But what about? Well, this this is it. What about the partner? What about the person who's sleeping in the bed with some dude who's snoring the whole time? And yeah, she can't. I, speak, I have that know? on a nightly basis, and you know, we have a we have a rule that um, if we've been out um, and we've had a couple of drinks, my partner, Stefan, snores like a hippo on heat. Um, and then it's, it's, you don't even get the chance to come into the bedroom. You sleep somewhere else because I battled to fall asleep. And you know what? He just puts his head down and he's gone. Um, so the noise, uh, 100 decibels, it's, it literally sounds like a Harley Davidson next to me. There's no way that you can get a good night's sleep because, uh, number one, you've had some alcohol, which is not great for sleep in the first place. And mm -hmm. number two, there's noise, which, you know, what no one, no one needs when they are sleeping. So, you know, what there's, there's a reason people actually sleep in different bedrooms because it enhances sleep especially if you have a partner that's noisy yeah. next to you right and uh th th there's a good argument for for couples to uh consider if they have this this particular problem uh consider sleeping in separate bedrooms because it might be the solution to keep the marriage going perversely um yeah not sleeping absolutely in you know what I, I take what what we do our biggest fights that we've had <laughs> and all the time that we were together was the fact that he snores and i can't sleep 
And, and, <laughs> and what about, you know, the, there's those mouth guards and dental dams or whatever. Do those help with snoring? You know, Tim's, um, it's all about the positioning of the jaw. So as you sleep, you know, with the muscles in the jaw and in the throat start slackening and, you know, it can fall back, creating more of an obstructive uh, barrier there. So sometimes they help, but for a lot of people, those things are actually so uncomfortable um, that, you know, it, 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 it prevents them from sleeping. And again, it becomes a training thing. You have to train yourself to sleep with us, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the same for people who need to go on to continuous positive airway pressure, the CPAP machines, whether it's a mask or whether it's cannulas, these things are uncomfortable. So it takes training and dedication for you to, to use them effectively and, um, you know, for you to get the optimal benefit. In my practice, I've, I, I refer so many of my patients to Dr. Bentley for evaluation and uh, ultimately for treatment. And, you know, 20% of those patients that we want or that we need to put onto um, CPAP devices just, just can't. Uh, you know, they find it way too intrusive and it actually makes their sleep worse. And then we need to try and find other ways of, of managing this. So, you know, when surgical intervention starts becoming an option, positional changing of the beds becoming an option, but we'll discuss that with her a, a little bit later on the show. Well, that's fantastic. And you can you can listen to the conversation between Dr. Mark and um, Dr. Alison Bentley a little bit later on on the T-Health show. Doc, don't miss it today, Thursday, 9 a.m. And if you don't get Thanks, it then, guys. you can always listen always listen to it later as a podcast you don't want to miss this it's really important stuff and get your sleeping right your whole life will improve absolutely thanks doc very good cliffcentral.com